Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Um, things have been a little bit different for me as of late. Um, I, I took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, my wife and I actually just had a baby. Um, when I say my wife and I just had a baby, um, she's the one who had the baby. I'm sure I don't need to explain how that how those things work, uh, but we welcomed uh, Brindley Brubaker into the world. Uh, so I have a daughter. Brindley Brubaker. Um, so I was out all last week just sort of spending time with family and um, I'm going to continue on that trend uh, because, you know, um, when you look at all the things we value in life, uh, family is one of the most important, obviously. Um, that said, though, when it comes to family and different obligations, which I know we all have and especially now that I'm so sleep deprived, I have a whole new respect for um, all of you dads and moms that are listening to this podcast. Um, but one person that really gets a lot done who is also a father is Tom Malloy. And I asked him to kind of come in and fill in for me in my absence. Um, he went and uh, had a nice interview with uh, Mike Marino. Uh, Mike runs Actor CEO, and Tom was able to sit down with him, really interview him, um, and they talk about, among other things, you know, managing time and, and what to do to get things done. So for those of you that are ambitious uh, and you enjoy uh, Tom Malloy and his teachings, I, I think you're going to really enjoy this one. Um, me personally, I'm going to go take some time, uh, probably to take a nap, to be completely frank. And uh, <laughs> I'll be talking with you again uh, real soon on the next podcast. Yeah, thank you for coming on, Mike. And uh, this is Mike Marino. And uh, let me ask you, you're the, the founder of the Actor CEO. Is that like, your, what is your official title that you would say? Oh, 100%. I'm the founder of Actor CEO and everything that goes along with it. It's a podcast. It's a website. There's a lot of other resources, tools, and uh, support that we give actors and creators Fantastic. worldwide. And so let me get a background on you. So where did you get your start and, uh, you know, the short bio condensed version? Yeah, listen, man, long story short, uh, grew up in, born and raised in Los Angeles. Okay. Shout out to the homies in Glendale. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, went to Notre Dame High School out in uh, Studio City, Sherman Oaks. Uh, then, uh, you know, so starting, starting in Los Angeles, um, you know, gr growing up in the LA lifestyle, whatever, I'm surrounded by uh, actors and, and um, you know, children of uh, actors and people in the entertainment industry. I myself am a child of a, of a father who worked in the entertainment industry all my life in post-production sound, worked for, uh, among many other places, Fox and Disney back when they were two separate companies, uh, you know, uh, um, and uh, yeah, grew up around this industry, right? Uh, Catherine McPhee was in my class. Amanda Fuller was in my class. I was behind Kirsten Dunst in school, uh, Sarah or sorry, Michelle Trachtenberg was uh, behind me in high school. You know, um, I went to Rami Malik was graduating when I came into Notre Dame. So I was in this world, knew, uh, was touching it in many different ways. When I started um, younger, um, maybe in like junior high or something, I started doing some uh, theater stuff. They were doing some musical shows or whatever at the school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to an acting teacher um, an acting coach, I guess, outside of the school. 
um, to try and prepare for these auditions. And then when I got the roles, uh, actually prepare for the roles, that was really my first introduction to doing it in any sort of uh, practiced capacity. Um, and in that time spending with this guy, Chamber Stevens, who's a well-known child acting coach and has written a lot of books um, based in uh, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, listen, I'm starting this uh, kid stand-up troupe. You're a funny guy. You really have great comedic timing. You know what you're doing. Let's get you involved. It's called the Not Ready for Bedtime Players. That's and cute. there's, uh, yeah. there's uh, you know, about seven of us at, at the time. Maybe there was five when it was the smallest, and maybe there was a little bit more than seven when it was the largest. But we performed every Friday um, at some coffee shops around, uh, around North Hollywood, honestly. Every Friday for years, man. And that's where I really cut my teeth in performance. Like, yeah, I was in like school plays, but man, I mean, if anybody knows anything about stand-up comedy, and this is back in the day, you know what I mean? Back in the day when not everybody was doing stand-up comedy, right? <laughs> when not all your actor friends were like, hey, come see me at the improv yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Also, it's like, yeah, well, not everybody's doing that. And I'm 14 years old. I'm 13 years old yeah, yeah. doing it. And yeah. I did it for seven years. That's so uh, from there on, you know, I... Laugh Factory, Improv, Comedy Store. I was in these places before I could drink, right? They were getting me in. My manager was getting me in at the time. Uh, so God bless him. He was working his butt off. I don't know how he was doing it, but but I, we'd show up and people were like, who the hell is this kid? He can't be here. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's got six minutes. He's he's yeah. doing six minutes. And, then, and they're like, all right, six minutes, then get out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because... Yeah illegal for you to be in here yeah. uh so um that was fun man and and really the biggest lesson i got out of that was this whole i mean failing in front of people right i mean anybody who knows anything about live performance like every crowd is different right you got to cater things you got to listen very tightly to the audience that's there right cater what you're doing i would change material right if it if i needed to go a different way right if not everybody was vibing with xyz or whatever jokes um, risk failing. I bombed a few times. Yep. Uh, and that happens. Right. But, but that's part of the creative process. And you learn something as a creator, um, in that process going, not everything I put out there is going to be, you know, lights and, and signs success, you know what I mean? Flash and light success. Um, but it's the work that gets me to where I want to be. And, uh, that, that was a great fundamental point a real foundation for me as a creator, which then led to, you know, then, then, you know, coming out of high school, deciding, okay, I also want to pursue acting now. So I want to go get a BFA. Um, I had a friend who was attending Chapman university down orange County, Southern California, for those who don't know. And um, you know, at the time they were building their film school down there um, that was just starting up. So there was a lot of collaboration with the film students that were uh, now starting to up and come out of that um, institution, which was fantastic. So then BFA there, and then out of that, I decided, listen, I, I'd like to get an MFA, but I don't know, I don't want to pay for it. I found out, well, you don't have to. There are places where you can go for free. All right, what does that look like? So got connected to University of Tennessee, actually. I did some uh, auditions through the URDAs, um, if anybody knows that, and then um, found out that University of Tennessee had a program. They would offer me an equity card. They would get, send me abroad to study as well. They would, uh, you know, they had a, Lort Theater, they were bringing in, you know, 600 or some odd seats, you know, for their uh, professional theater there, as well as bringing in people from around the country and around the world to work and study with. I was like, great, sign me up. Uh, and it doesn't cost me anything. I flew out to Knoxville, Tennessee, hadn't been there ever in my life until just a couple of weeks before I started school. And then I did my MFA there and then 
showcase out of there into New York City, got an agent who could rep me on both coasts. And uh, yeah, spent more than a decade in New York City. And I've been in New York now, you know, well past that. So that's that's the story. And then eventually, a few years into spending time in New York City, I was I hit that point that a lot of actors and a lot of creators do, right? You know, this coming out of film school, coming out of, you know, maybe you're a writer or whatever, um, coming out of school going, wait a second, the business, I feel like there's some information here that I don't have, right? The business is operating either at a speed or at a different angle, or there are things here that I didn't learn in school. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to continue forward? I feel like I don't have all the information. And I hit that point as well, uh, you know, a few years in. And then I had a son and having a kid meant that my time was no longer my own. So the jobs that I was doing, right, as many actors do, saying yes to just about anything that comes along that says like, hey, you want to be a part of this? I mean, I got on network television. That was great. I was producing theater. That was great. I produced my own web series again, back before most people were doing that. Fantastic. Great. So I was becoming a creator in a very large capacity, something I learned about myself is that that is definitely the way my brain works. But I also felt like on the acting side of things, I didn't have a lot of information. And my wife kept poking me in the back of my brain was like, hey, you should start a podcast. You should start a podcast. I was like, what would I talk about? Then when I no longer could say yes to everything and I had to spend more time at home because I can't go take that $500 gig, right? Because that ain't going to pay babysitting money. <laughs> Not in New York City, man. In New York City, yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, so what am I, I still want to stay connected to this. What am I going to do? Start the podcast and I'm going to base it on the conversations that I felt were most powerful for me in school, especially mm-hmm. in MFA school, where I got to talk to all these professionals worldwide, brother, you know, and I would sit with them. Uh, I, I tell people like 50% of my education was at the bar because I would sit down with these folks, buy them a drink, whatever, and pick their brain right? What is it like in the real world? What does it take to build sustainable creative success? What does that mean to build a creative business for yourself? And so much of that information that I got back from them was you have to treat it like a business. When you do, you change your perspective. Uh, Let me ask you this. Let me, let me, let me get to, uh, you know, because people listening may want to know that there was a path that actors could take years ago or at least that was the recommended path. And it obviously is different these days. So what have you noticed about then versus now um, actor wise? You know what I mean? Like there is there, what are the new elements that you address and you kind of focus on? Well, thanks. Uh, This is a great introduction to, I think a topic that we both very much touch on a lot. Your show touches on this a lot. uh, this is true of filmmakers and creators of all kinds, which is why I think it's just serendipitous that we're having this conversation together, because I think it's it touches across so many creative elements. Mm-hmm. So for from the acting perspective, many people coming out of school, I had this perspective and, and it was it was if it was true to any certain extent, it was true 20 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. But now we have shifted to this point where there is no single path to success. And the gatekeepers specifically, the gatekeepers that would allow somebody the access to an audience, the access to folks who could then validate their um, creative capacity, right? That they were a known quantity, that they were something that the, that, that the marketplace wanted, right? That the marketplace was interested in. 
the gatekeepers, whether they were agents, producers, directors, casting directors, um, studio execs, right? Uh, showrunners, right? Other people who, could, who had the audience on their side, Paramount Pictures, right? They were the people who had access to the audience. Therefore, there was a very narrow path to get through and hoops to jump through and a process that you had to go down this checklist in order to get to a certain stage where somebody else's opinion then weighed in and allowed you access to the marketplace as a whole, right? Or a marketplace where you could really build a business. Mm -hmm. Now, we have seen that that has fallen apart. Mm -hmm. The gatekeepers are falling by the wayside with every single day that passes. And we are now at a point and something that I have even seen evolve through my time doing the podcast since 2016. It used to be about like, here's the information. I'm the conduit of information from professionals to you guys. Mm -hmm. so that you have on the ground current information that you didn't get in school. Now it's much more about empowerment, right? Now it's much more about the creators as a whole saying, guess what? The gatekeepers who would stand in your way and you would have to have their opinion of whether or not you were good enough. They were the ones who had access to 10,000, 100,000, a million people. You have that right now in the palm of your hand. Mm. You know, this device that we have is a newspaper, radio station and movie studio in the palm of our hand. And instead of consuming, we need to turn it around and start creating. And that's what turns us into a business that can operate at this speed and at this level and evolve this quickly. I mean, I think it's extraordinary. And that's what I've seen change certainly in the last few years. A hundred percent, you know, that, yeah, the, the advances in technology definitely allow for, there was, you know, that obviously you, you mentioned gatekeepers, but I'm saying there was a gateway to entry almost because you know who could get a 35 millimeter you know film camera and a crew and all that stuff and meaning that you have this floodgate of technology where anybody can do it but i guess the the one question that i would follow up to that is is then that the method that you recommend because ultimately it does have to come down to somewhat of a traditional approach meaning uh, say I make content and then I'm, I'm, I've never done it before and I'm making content. I use that to try to get the CAA agent. You see what I'm saying? So meaning it, it, ultimately I have found at least that in some ways it comes back to that unless you just want to be, you know, self-published and self-do it, you, you know, and, and making that kind of forging that path on your own. Does that make sense? Like meaning it, it always seems to come back to, well, we're going to make the web series because we hope, you know, Netflix is going to pick it up. You see what I'm saying? Instead of, does that make sense? So it always comes back to getting to the, the, the gatekeepers. It's just a new way in, so to speak. Does that make well, sense? there's multiple, yeah. there's multiple yeah. ways in, but yeah. I think uh, if you really do look at the marketplace, mm -hmm. um, you will recognize that uh, yes, there are major players. Netflix has evolved to become a major player, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because of the risks that they take with content because of how much content they're uh, willing to produce, right? Similar to FX many years ago where they were on the edgy side, they were taking risks, right? I mean, I've said this on another show, but I'll say it here. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the, 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 the pilot, the pitch pilot for, for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. it's like $200. Terrible. It costs $200 <laughs> to make that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right? Like, it's so, so right. to your point, like what, that they had a path, right? That they... The, the other networks, right, CBS or TNT or whoever existed at that point in time was like, nah, nah, nah. But FX was like, let's see what this is all about. So they made their thing. They're in their apartment. The lighting's terrible. The audio is awful. But what stood out? The their skills and the quality of the storytelling they were creating. Yeah, yeah. Now, 
could they send that to FX and say, we want you guys to, or Netflix or whoever you want to insert there. We want you guys to, to take this forward and carry this forward. And they could say yes. Right. And there's many other players and it's a competitive marketplace. So there's, there's some value Mm -hmm. in leveraging that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just because they don't say yes, doesn't mean that you don't do that. Now you Mm -hmm. could go right to YouTube and make a ton of money doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And who's to say that you couldn't do both these things Mm -hmm. at the same time. I'm going to bring FX or Netflix or whoever, whatever, you know, streaming app pops up next or whatever. I'm going to bring HBO max or something. I'm going to bring you this content. And how do you know that this content is even viable? Because I've tested it. I've proven it right in the, in whether it's the traditional sort of, um, uh, film film circuit right the uh showcase circuit right the film festivals and all that or whether it's online and i've and i've proven that there's an audience there and there's a demand for it uh so i now bring you this content or this um this known quantity uh this is something that you can package and sell and me as the creator i still have the freedom to go to those other channels and make something myself as well that is something that i think any creator, especially filmmakers, and, and we can share some stories here in a moment, but especially filmmakers should really recognize that that is a very powerful place to be. in. we didn't used to have mm-hmm. that capacity. It was like, OK, well, you're signed to Netflix now. That's they're the people who said yes to you. They're the only people who said yes. And therefore, right now, this is your only outlet to make stuff. That's not true anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very interesting. So. It, you know, for you, for a, an actor that hasn't done anything in the past, hasn't t- done any traditional paths or so, what what do you recommend for them? You know, like meaning an actor comes in, do you recommend they focus on their social media? They focus on creating content. They focus on all of that. They focus on marketing themselves. I guess, what do you, what is your advice to somebody that goes, hey man, I just wanna, I wanna be out there. I want people to know my name. So there's so many different channels, right? So like any business, you got to focus on what you can do best, I think. So you come out and you say, okay, great. So I have, first of all, you got to know what it is that you're selling. What is it that you can sell in the marketplace right now? Mm -hmm. And this is very important for actors. And this is true of many creators. Filmmakers can fall into this, um, or writers can fall into this challenge as well, where it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm good at comedy. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I'm good at this thing. Okay, great. But that's messy for anyone to wrap their head around, right? They don't mm-hmm. quite know what you're doing. Yeah. Land on something that you can do right now that there is a demand for in the marketplace right now mm-hmm. and that you're you're skilled at and you have a unique either point of view or you have a ne- unique skill set, right? Something unique to bring to the table. In the business world, they would say a unique selling proposition, USB. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now you know what that is. When you land on what that is, now you go, where is that applicable? So I can go what we're calling the traditional route, the traditional paradigm, which is I can go find who's making that stuff. If I'm an actor, who's making that stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Where's that stuff being streamed online? What networks are making the type of content that I'm right for? Who now is producing that, directing that, casting that? Where are those people? How can I get in front of them, right? How can I send them my stuff if that's at all possible? Are they doing workshops that I can be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. How can I get in front of them and showcase that I have the goods for what they're actually doing as a business right now, the projects that they're making. And maybe there's an agent, right? A handful of agents that I should be shopping myself to who work tightly with these casting directors who often uh, have actors 
on their roster that fall in line with these types of things, who know this market really well, right? Someone who knows the musical theater market really well is uh, different than someone who knows the LA comedy you know, market really well, right? Just to be clear. So know that then, Shut, go after those people. But that doesn't stop you from at the same time proving that this is actually that you can do these things right like here's the here's where technology has yeah. has totally taken us to another level in the past the only way you could prove it was to get the audition and then get in the room and therefore you would be put on tape and that mm -hmm. would be sent to producers and that was how you were proving it mm -hmm. right now you can create that tape that that element that yeah. i mean you can shoot it right you can either yeah. shoot it on on your iphone or there are companies out there that can shoot it for you right mm -hmm. like two thousand dollars all of a sudden you've got three different sets of reels, right? For you as an actor that showcase you exactly in what you're right for right now, mm -hmm. look fantastic and are right in line with what people are producing at this moment. Not only that, but self tapes have become so ubiquitous yeah. in our landscape that casting directors view self tapes extremely differently than they did before, right? Just like we're all so much more comfortable on Zoom. I do all my podcast interviews are now video interviews as well. Yeah. Right. Which is extraordinary, as you know, because I can repurpose this content to the end of time. That's fantastic. Not a lot of people did that in 2016. Right. They weren't comfortable with that. Yeah. They heard podcasts and they're like, oh, I can sit there in my pajamas, pick my nose and have a conversation with somebody. Yes, I do. Well, both. now everybody knows what Zoom is. Everybody knows how to use Zoom. Everybody yeah. knows yeah. that lighting is important and audio is important. Oh, my God. Same with self tapes. Right. All the actors now know all casting now knows Casting's willing to sit there and watch 2000 self tapes. Right. Because they don't have to be in the room. Yeah. And I don't think we're going back from that to a certain extent. That said, that gives the actor power. That means that I can mm. legitimately showcase my skills yes. in my living room with a solid self tape set up, right? Knowing that I need to be seen and be heard and showcase exactly what I'm good at for an agent, right? Who wants to see how I audition so that they know, cause that's where that's the proving ground for you as an actor. You're going to get far more auditions than you are roles. So I need to make sure that you can audition well uh, and the casting directors can see that. So if you have some way of showcasing yourself, I've had people come on my show and say this man, where they're like, Hey, so I'm looking to take my type in a different direction, right? I've been seen as this type of thing, and but I know that I'm really skilled here, but I'm not getting those auditions. I'm not getting, why? Because there's no proof, yeah. right? There's no proof of it. Yeah. So create that proof mm -hmm. and then use that proof to get maybe some smaller roles. Maybe you do one thing yeah. for free or something like that or whatever, but you get some now actual footage of something and then you bring all of that proof, which you can collect so much faster now and so much easier to the people where it matters and say, you see what I'm saying? I, my business has proof that we can do these things. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and, and that's that's all great advice. You, you touched on and having a kid and I have two kids and uh, it, you you touched on the challenges that that poses. I guess the overall question here is I'm a big proponent of efficiency with time. You know, I always say mm -hmm. we all we all get the same 24 hours in a day. Why am I so efficient? I mean, besides the fact that I do a to-do list every single day, you know what I mean? Like and they're, they're double pages. Besides the fact that I do that, the key is uh, there's the other aspect of it, which is they also have to be able to pay the bills. Like you said, the babysitting bills. So that's, <clears throat> I guess, something that an actor has to balance. And the question being, how do they balance that by saying they may have to work a certain job or something like that, you know, and, and they may have to do 
uh, it's something that they, they're not really interested in doing to be able to, to pay rent and feed themselves. How do they balance that and, uh, and make, then turn it slowly into a career? That's, I'm sure that's the million dollar question that all the actors want to know. Well, you're talking about something which is near and dear to my heart because that is what I'm doing as a brand, as a digital brand, right? Okay. Uh, so as an example, uh, one of the ways that I balance the, the income and the, the, the capacity to raise awareness and all that sort of stuff around what the Actor CEO podcast is, who it's talking to, who it serves, and the value that it provides is by creating a massive amount of content. Some of the ways that I do that is repurposing it, right? Being efficient with my time, like you just said. One of the most valuable things here right now in our conversation, just to put it in people's brains, is that I get to get in front of your audience and have this conversation and bring them back to the things that I do, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm able to maintain that conversation consistently with them around the topics that we've discussed, reinforcing all the highlights that they've actually been attracted to from our, our conversation here. But I can do that because I've repurposed all of the conversations I've ever had through those channels and I keep putting it in front of them. The other way that I do that is take my talking points like I'm doing on your show to other places that have an audience similar to mine where they can amplify it, right? Like yeah. backstage. I, I pitched myself to backstage through a number of different uh, steps that I took to get to that point to have the right person's ear, pitch mm -hmm. myself with content that I had already written on other platforms, and now I'm on backstage. Mm -hmm. One of the articles touches on exactly what you're asking about, which is what actors can do when they're trying to balance those uh, day jobs right? In order to have this be more efficient with their time so that they can push their career forward perhaps faster and certainly in a much more productive way. Well, we don't have to work the same jobs that we used to. Let me, let me repeat that. In fact, <laughs> we important. do not yep. have to work the same jobs mm -hmm. we used to. 10 years ago, mm -hmm. more than 10 years ago, when I came out of school and came to New York City, the idea was like, you got to slang guacamole and, and margaritas <laughs> during the day yeah, because that's a, quote, flexible job for you yeah, yeah. so that you can have the time to go to auditions and X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the grind and hustle. And, and that's why we get stuck in this mentality of like, you know, artists are, you know, constantly suffering uh, lack of funds and lack of money and lack mm -hmm. of time to do what they want. And so therefore, what do they do? They're looking for someone else to be the person who allows them the permission yeah. to get to the next level, right? They rely so heavily on someone else because they need someone else to be doing the business side for them. But that's where mm -hmm. so many people get left behind. You don't have to work that way anymore. The world has evolved. And man, after the pandemic, it's evolved even more, right? So what does that look like? For me, when I was in New York City, I'm, I'm building sets, right? That was my thing. Why? Because I could make $25, $30 an hour doing that, mm -hmm. doing something that I built up skills in, in college, mm -hmm. doing that, and then also have control of my time. I could say no to a gig because I had to do a show. I could say yes to something and then say, guess what? I got to take my lunchtime, not now, but two hours from now, and I'm going to take an hour, and that's when I'm going to go audition for something else, yeah. right? Great. And then come yeah. back. So that was some, that was my flexible thing. I was making more money than people were at the bars and, and, uh, and, you know, and not having to work that silly life, which does not care that you're an actor, honestly. <laughs> um, so that said, that was, that was one of the things that I did, but now we don't even have to do that anymore. Right. So my experience working with backstage, my experience building a digital brand has now taught me that creators have a skill set beyond their performance beyond, you know, certainly if you're a writer, yeah. oh my gosh, you're, you're in demand right now mm -hmm. beyond their filmmaking capacity, right? When you 
train as a creator, you uh, develop an enormous skill set. And most importantly, you develop a skill set that is in demand right now. So what does that mean? That means actors can work from home as virtual assistants, as social media managers, as copywriters, as copy editors. What does that mean? Copywriting is you actually writing somebody's email sequence, right? That a business needs right now more than ever before because more businesses are online and doing all that digital marketing more than ever before. More businesses are creating websites and web pages and sales pages, which need the written word to convince somebody to do something. You know how they do that? Storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know who's good at storytelling? You fucking are. You trained in it. They got an MBA. You got your BFA and you are better at storytelling than they are. And they need you. And they are paying you money to be at home Mm -hmm. doing your thing, Mm -hmm. telling stories that use their perspective, right? Their language. Just actors do this all the time. You didn't write the play. You didn't write the script, but you're using their perspective, their language, their framing and telling a story. Why? Because you know what the audience is feeling, right? You know what the audience needs to feel. You know what they need to see in their mind's eye. You know what they need to hear next, right? You know how something builds up, right? The Aristotelian arc, you know, there's a beginning, a middle and an end, right? And resolution and denouement, all this wonderful, wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this inherently. So you can apply those skills and maybe you're good at video, right? Maybe you're good at making video. Maybe you're good at audio and doing voiceover recordings, right? And doing voiceover narratives for for videos that people are creating online in order to sell their business shit, Mm -hmm. right? You have the capacity to work at home, use your creative skills beyond just performance and make money just like you were before. But now you can be sitting there on the couch in your pajamas and go, oh, I've got a self-tape that I got to do in two hours. So I'm going to tibbity type here for uh, Sarah, who's my, you know, I don't know, dermatologist or chiropractor client that I'm like writing their emails for. Yeah, yeah, you know, or maybe somebody needs a blog post written or whatever. I've hired people to do it, right? I'm trying to get the business world to understand there's a a million and a half artists out there who are exceptionally skilled at what they do. They don't need to go to Fiverr. They don't need to go hire in the Philippines. There's artists right here in the States who can do what they do, Yeah, but they will be paid at a rate that makes sense for everybody involved, right? $15 an hour and over, $20 an hour and over, $25 an hour and over, depending on what it is that you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Let's be clear. Like, yeah. and you're not having to travel. You're not paying for parking. Yep. You're not going to Chili's. Right. And, and clocking in and talking to your dumbass coworker who has no idea what you do. Yeah. Right. And doesn't, doesn't even give care. A shit. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't give a shit. The time. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But then you're on your couch and you get up and you change your clothes and you shoot your self tape and you send it off and you go right back and you're doing it. And it took you, it took you what, 30 minutes to do all this. Oh my God, we live in this world now. We didn't 10 years ago. We didn't 15 years ago. If you're talking to an actor or anybody in the creative arts who's like 20, 30 years in the business, they would choke you out to have your place (laughs) right now and be 20 years old, you know, when they were doing it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. 100%. No, that's great. And, and you know, to reiterate for everybody listening that the most important and the most valuable thing you can have is time, you know? So it's like, I've been obviously lucky to work 20, 21 years now with not outside the movie business. 
but if I was making one tenth of what I was making and still could pay my bills, I'd still be blessed to have that freedom of time that I don't have to go, hey, I got to call somebody to take off tomorrow. Like I'm going away 100%. for two weeks with my kids tomorrow night, tomorrow evening. And it's like, there's nobody, I don't, I don't call anybody. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I don't. And at the same time, I got my laptop. So it's not like I won't be reachable the entire time and working. Look time. at this. There's so, no yeah, gatekeeper yeah. of your time yeah. anymore, right? of your time outside of the yep. thing, the dream you're trying to pursue, the business you're trying to build. There's no gatekeeper on that side because you have to work in order yep. to pay your bills and everything else. Of course, I understand that. There's great. no gatekeeper there anymore. Yes. You get to decide how what that looks like. The freedom, yes. But, um, well, great. I mean, that's about our time. I would love to say, you know, these are, I think, great information for people that want to pursue that. If they wanted to hear more of you and, and see more about uh, the podcast and all that, where do they go? Oh, 100%. So uh, ActorCEO.com is where everything starts. The podcast is anywhere you find podcasts, the Actor CEO podcast. Uh, we're in 72 countries at this point, top wow. 2% of podcasts, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads. Very exciting uh, to reach all of these performers around the world Great. consistently. And it's a weekly show. So that's a it's a good thing to be subscribed to because you get new stuff every single week. And then at Actor CEO across social media, right? TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. It's all there. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you for being on and congrats on your success and for, you know, having the balls, so to speak, to, to take, uh, to take the initiative and create a career for yourself. You know, that's a lot of people won't do that. They won't jump in the pool, you know, and that's what I say it all the time is that you, you know, you could, you could do whatever you, if you have to work a nine to five job. Okay. But the bottom line is there's going to be a time where you're going to look back and say, when am I actually going to pursue this dream? When am I actually going to jump in the pool and risk it, risk it all? And you could trace every major success back to the time so-and-so took the risk and said, screw it. I'm, that's it. I'm not going to this, I'm not going to this shirt and tie job anymore. I'm, I'm doing movies now, you know, and something like that. So, yeah. Oh, a million percent. And thank you so much for creating a platform that reinforces that message. I mean, I think it's fantastic. Awesome, brother. Okay, great. Great to talk to you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome, Mike. All right. Okay, brother. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.